Hi, I'm Life Coach Mama, a mindset coach for women who want to stop negative thinking patterns, gain self-confidence, forgive themselves and others, and learn to have a more positive mindset on life. I also work with children and teenagers in schools. I present a mindset coaching course where I teach children and teenagers how to feel their emotions, regulate and process their emotions, how to express themselves in a healthy way, how to make decisions and plans, how to execute their goals, and how to have greater self-confidence in themselves, to know their self-worth, and to love themselves, forgive themselves, and others. You can learn more about my business on my website, which is lifecoachmama.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. In addition to my business, I have a nonprofit where a team of life coaches, licensed counselors, and I offer free life coaching to women in crisis pregnancies. We meet every Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Zoom. You can learn more. Our website's crisispregnancysupport.com. And Crisis Pregnancy Support is also on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to purchase my book, go to Amazon. It's titled, How to Have Another Kid Without Losing It. I teach you mindset tools when it comes to pregnancy, family size, and basic parenting skills. Thank you for joining the show. Hi friends, it's so good to be back. I have been busy working at a school presenting mindset coaching for kids to fourth through eighth graders and it's been a blast. So I'm excited here to be on and talk a little bit more about it. So let's get into it. All right, so I had a parent come to me and mention a need for uh, her teenager who's having some mental health issues. And she was able to share with her mom, the teenager was, that her feelings and her thoughts really started back in elementary school, which you're probably not surprised by. And the mom got to thinking, wouldn't it be neat to be a little bit more proactive and to get something going with younger kids in terms of life coaching and what it offers for mental health reached out to me to start a program, which I wrote and created, designed, and presented to a school. Now, I was there for nine weeks just because the way I ended up working out, I started in the spring and there was only so many weeks left. Um, I am open to doing more weeks at more schools, Um, I think a good 10, 12 week period like I do with my one-on-one clients is a good time. Um, However, I learned teaching children, um, I was reminded, I should say, that their brains are so malleable. They're like sponges, and we know this, right? As parents or teachers, we see kids grasp things much easier. And not only that, not only absorbing information, but changing habits. Unlike us adults, um, you know, we've been doing something for 30, 40, 50 years, uh, you got to have it going. It's a little harder to break. And so not only are the habits lasted longer because we're older, but our brains are a little bit more fixed. And these kids are a little bit more able to do the growth mindset work because their brains are still growing. <laughs> and not that ours aren't, but theirs are just growing a little bit more. And um, yeah, they live less 
time here on earth been a little less, um, how should I put it, um, burned by things and a little bit more open. So they were great. Um, I think even just a six weeks is good for a, a child to catch on and learn how to self-coach. Because at the end of the day, I want all my clients to self-coach. I don't want anyone to be, um, you know, um, dependent on me. I don't want anyone to feel like, okay, and the next time a situation comes up and I'm stressed or have any unpleasant emotion and negative thoughts, I need my coach. No, um, Life Coach Mom is here to teach you how to self-coach so that you can, for the rest of your life, um, work through it on your own. Now, some people like coaching and other things in life are going to come up in the future. No one knows the future. So I've had clients come back to me um, for more than 12 weeks. Some want to do once a month. And some take a break and then come back for another few weeks. So, <clears throat> you know, there are very there are variations to the situation. But the idea is that they're not coming back because they can't co coach at all. You know, they can't coach themselves. They can't figure figure it out. So that's one of the tools you get on the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And also in this course is that you're really learning to do it for yourself. You become independent and able and capable to coach yourself. So again, just mindset coaching is a strategy we use as life coaches, right? A life coach helps you handle life's problems, really. You can have a coach... And you all know this um, in any area, right? In business, and wellness, and health, and weight loss, in finances, and an athletic uh, a, a sport. You know, an athlete can have a coach, right? So, life coach is, is a little bit more general to life's issues, and some people niche down to marriage, parenting. Some are real specific um, in terms of religion and a specific relationship that they deal with or a struggle in life, but others are more broad. Um, I tend to be more broad. I, I'm open to a lot of different scenarios. Um, I've kind of lived a lot of different scenarios with having so many kids who are all very different and also loving to help couples. Um, in my work uh, in the Prepare and Rich program, I work with engaged couples and I'm trained in that. And I've, I've just always loved um, doing marriage retreats and marriage, giving marriage witnesses with my husband. So I love marriage stuff. So I'm a little bit more general of a life coach, but anyways, I'm taking it into the kids now. And for this episode, I just want to shed light on how that would look. So if you are a teacher, if you are a youth group minister, or if you have a small group of kids, whether it's a boy scout group, girl scout group, um, some sort of academic athletic group. Um, you want me just to come one time and talk. If you live in Northeast Ohio, if you don't and you want me to Zoom with you, um, I can speak to just about anything because coaching, we're just talking about our mindset. And we take our mindset into any area, right? We take our mindset into our finances. We take our mindset into our exercise. We take our mindset into our diets. We take our mindset into our sports and our schoolwork. So I can talk about anything. I'm going to mostly talk about what I did at this Catholic school for these nine weeks for the ages grades four through eighth. And yet it can be applied to kids not in Catholic school or kids in a specific group with a specific goal and even teenagers. Because um, as you know, I work with women one-on-one -on -one, and that's young adult women. So college age all the way up to 
Oh, anyone who's alive, because <laughs> anyone alive is dealing with life struggles. So I've had a couple of women over 65 uh, meet with me this week and ask if they were too old. And the answer is no. When I go speak to churches and book clubs and other women's groups, there are women in their 70s and 80s, and you're never too old to change your mindset. You're never too old to learn or grow. Um, and like I said at the beginning, life's problems, nobody knows the future. None of us humans do, right? Only God. So maybe in the future, you're going to have a great grandchild issue or a grief and loss issue with friends passing away or a health issue. You just don't know what could you use a mindset coach for. So I don't know what the thought is behind too old for mindset coaching because it makes no sense to me. But for those of you who think there's like this age cap, um, and maybe because I am pregnant and I talk about pregnancy and sometimes I talk about young moms, sometimes being a new mom is hard and so they, you know, want, women do want coaching in that. But I don't only work with young moms. <laughs> and also in my charity, we work with women in crisis. And, and a lot of women who have an unplanned pregnancy or in a crisis pregnancy or need some pregnancy help, um, who maybe are uh, vulnerable to an abortion, are going to be young adult age or even maybe a little bit older, but still younger than me. So yes, I do work with young moms, but for me, I'll work with any age. And in general, coaching is for anyone, as long as you're alive, because you're going to have life issues unless God calls you off this earth, there's issues. So what we talked about <clears throat> first week was about the brain. So when I presented to the students, I had 30 minutes with fourth and fifth grade, and I had 30 minutes with sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And I thought that was a pretty good time period. I was able to use uh, their smart board and do slides uh, in order for them to have some visuals. And then I was able to interact with them, do some games, do some interactive activities, um, do some acting out, do some um, just discussion, small group, big group discussion, do some writing. Uh, and of course, lecturing. So <clears throat> trying to make it a little bit more enjoyable because children learn through play. Even when they're teenagers, they still don't want to be lectured at and even adults don't. So trying to make it interactive and fun. Started with the brain. We all know that mindset coaching starts with the mind. So we're going to talk about thoughts, right? So that first session is just letting them know that we're here to talk about the brain, what goes on in the brain, right? We've got the amygdala. What do we need to know about the amygdala? We talk that it's the area of emotion and memories. So for lack of a better word, our emotional brain. And then we've got the prefrontal cortex. And that's the area for thinking and judgment. Now these kids are pretty smart and they realize there's more areas in the brain, but they get that we're going to do thinking, prefrontal cortex, feeling, amygdala. And why? Well, we want to learn to handle our emotions and get to our thoughts, which are in the prefrontal cortex. So we're going to talk about of regulating emotions and feeling emotions in order to process them and to get out of that stress response. And in that, we learn about fight and flight in the feeling brain and how we get from that to the thinking brain so that we can make plans and problem solve, which, by the way, is what I do with adults. <laughs> and as much as I was planning on this being very different from my one-on-ones with women, it wasn't uh, because I'm not a neuroscientist. So I'm not going to go into fancy Latin names and, you know, nerves and organs. I'm, I'm just going to say thinking brain and feeling brain, whether you're 9 or 10 or 29 or 59 or 89. It doesn't matter. For a mindset coach, I'm not a neuroscientist, so it is going to be sort of a fifth grade level here. So it really didn't matter that they were children and not adults. 
So we talked about the emotional brain. We talked about thinking brain. We talked about the fact that we have 70,000 thoughts per day. And these are things that neuroscientists have figured out. We talked about how there's 86 billion interconnected neurons that allow us to understand the world, plan actions, and solve problems. Um, from there, uh, we continued with the brain by saying, hey, what's going on in the brain are thoughts. And what are our thoughts leading to? Feelings. And why does that matter? Because most people act on their feelings. And why does that matter? Well, we're here to change behaviors, right? Why come to coaching at all? Because you have a problem. Now, you think the problem is the problem. You think if your situation was diff just different, that you would feel differently. But what we teach in mindset coaching by using the been around since 1960 theory of cognitive behavior theory, which, yes, was originally coined by Dr. Alan Beck in the 60s, who was a psycho, psycho, psychologist, and psychologists have used and still use. It's really gotten into all areas of, our, of, of society. It's not just a psych, psychological term anymore because we know now that it's effective. And since scientists have proven its effectiveness, people use it with breaking habits, like stopping to drink and stopping drugs and stopping smoke and weight loss um, and exercise because we realize that it's our thoughts that's changing our behaviors, changing our thoughts changes our behaviors. And so it's very simple. Anyone can show a cognitive trial and goal to anyone. You don't have to be a psychologist. You don't need to spend $255,000 in debt and uh, fancy degrees to say thoughts, great feelings and feelings, great behaviors. So it's very simple. And even a nine and 10 year old can write down his or her thoughts about a situation and his or her feelings and then see how that leads to behaviors. And they understand too that they feed off each other, right? And those behaviors sometimes lead to feelings back to thoughts. But really it starts with the thoughts. So just putting into their brain and getting them familiar with the cognitive triangle is the big thing here. And I repeat the cognitive triangle, whether it's for a minute or two minutes or 10 minutes, depending on the week every single week because that's the basis of all life coaching and if you come to me one-on-one -on -one for count for count for coaching as an adult you'll get that same reminder about the cognitive triangle all right so it's great for them to know and they catch on real quick that let's say the situation is a friend says something mean we want to show them how going from the first triangle which is a negative triangle, to the second triangle, which is a positive triangle, is not affected by the situation. It changes with thoughts. So for, for example, if a friend says something, I don't like you anymore, or if a friend stops talking to you and you're in sixth grade, in your first triangle, which is negative, you're gonna put down your negative thoughts. I have no friends, no one likes me, I'm all alone. And then your unpleasant feelings that come with that, for lack of a better term, negative feelings. You're lonely, you're sad, you're depressed, you're hopeless, you're unmotivated, you're tired, you're stressed, okay? What will your behaviors be? How are you gonna act if you feel that way? You might cry, you might sleep, you might pout, you might act shy, you might act awkward, you might stand all by yourself. You might try too hard to be a friend and be awkward. You might treat a friend poorly because you think they don't like you or that they're not really your friends. You might be mean to the friends you have. 
Then we move on to the second triangle, and the second triangle is a positive one. Now, the situation has not changed. The situation never changes. That's out of our control. The situation is something we can prove in a court of law. It's factual. It's objective, not subjective, and it is what it is, right? And these things are going to happen in life. I'm not saying they're not hard, but we're going to take our power back by changing our thoughts, and we're not going to be victims. Uh, we are going to be in control of our lives. So what we do is we say, hey, let's change the thoughts. Now, going back to the idea that we have 70,000 thoughts in a day, neuroscientists have studied this, and they've also realized most of our thoughts are negative and most of our thoughts are from the day before and the days before and the days before. So we want to have more positive thoughts. So what do we do? We can think something like, I do have friends. People do like me. I am not alone. Because I'm sure you can find evidence that there's someone in your life, even if it's not a friend. And I'm sure you can find evidence that you have one or two friends and that there are people that like you, your teachers, your parents, your friends, your siblings, okay? What feelings will come from I do have friends? Confidence, love, care, appreciation, people like me. What thought, what feeling will that thought lead to? Again, more confidence more positive feelings. I am not alone. What does that thought lead to? I'm not alone thought leads to the feeling of being supported, being loved, being cared about, belonging. Okay, and then what will the behaviors be? Acting like a good friend, asking friends to play, asking friends to hang out, calling friends, talking to friends, treating friends pr properly, okay? The situation did not change. Your friend still doesn't talk to you. Your friend still said something mean to you. It doesn't matter. We are changing the thoughts. That changes the feelings and behaviors. So that's the big one of that first week. Now, again, I did nine weeks, and I could easily make a 12-week course. Um, we had to end because it's June now, and I'm done. The kids are out of school. But... Um, without going over and making this a super long podcast, just to give you the topics. Again, I said at the beginning when I was talking about the triangle that, and I was talking about the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, that we need to know what our feelings are, right? And the feelings in the triangle. So in the cognitive behavioral theory triangle, we have thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So we need to know our feelings. And then when we're trying to process them to get out of that amygdala, to get out of that stress response and to not be in fight or flight, but to calm down, use the thinking brain, access that prefrontal cortex, right? We need to have actually regulated ourselves. So how do you process and feel emotions? So that's the second week. We talk all about emotions. What are they? Name them. How do they feel? What do they look like? When do you get them? I mean, we can go on and on. And those are those usually lead to a lot of fun discussions and games and activities. And that's really interactive one I like. This third week after that, Processing them. How do you regulate them? What is regulation? What is processing? Some breathing exercises. Okay, that's another good one. And with breathing exercises, we can always bring up stress. Kids are so stressed out. They're so busy. They're so overworked. They're so overscheduled. Um, it's just a crazy world. And then technology and their devices. So they can never, I think, unplug and breathe and relax enough. So we process those feelings and then we realize we're able to not only get out of that stress response, that emotional brain, but also we learn about the brain stem and how that was made for survival and how that is just survival mode when we're like way out and we've totally lost it. 
And we know that nine and 10 year olds and 13 year olds, even me as a 40 year old when I'm hormonal, had a bad day and tired and hungry. Um, we can get to that survival mode and we can think like we're going to die. And we talk about how evolutionary biologists have studied that that was necessary for cave people. Because many years ago, humans were roaming the earth and there were predators and tribes and falling rocks and volcanoes and, you know, these crazy mammals, I don't know, woolly mammoths, whatever there were. They need to be on high alert. And sometimes now we're on high alert. And so the middle schoolers did a great job relating that to current life of being on alert in case, you know, you don't fit in and you're going to die socially. So just learning how to calm down and get out of that. <clears throat> I'm sure you all experienced your teenager in survival mode. And I mean, I experienced my four-year-old in survival mode every time, every time I take away a device or say no to her about no, you know, ice cream today or no second bowl of ice cream today. You know, it's like, she's going to die. And if we're honest, we do that as adults. <clears throat> in week four, we moved on to changing negative thoughts. So what are negative thoughts? And you might've heard of cognitive distortions. Again, if I meet with you one-on-one -on -one as an adult, we're going to do the same thing. There's 10 cognitive distortions. So are you a black and white thinker? Are you thinking all or nothing? Are you a catastrophic thinker? Are you personalizing things? Um, are you blaming, right? It's all different ways to think that are, usually we have one or two that are habits and we don't even question them because we've thought them all our lives. Now it's a little bit harder to break when you're 40 and you've always thought that that's just the way everyone thinks or that's just who you are. That's your personality. That's who you're born. That's who your parents made you. But when you're nine or 10 and I'm like, yeah, that's not true. They're like, oh, okay. So they're a little bit more open to change, which is nice. In the fifth week, we talk about confidence. Now in life coaching, I love talking about confidence because we talk about confidence versus self-confidence. And confidence is really, you know, believing in your skill in something, believing your ability in something. But, you know, you can be confident in another person. You can be confident in your sport. You can be confident at school. You can be confident in your parents. But self-confidence isn't something that you need to spend time on. You don't need to throw a thousand basketballs into a basketball hoop to feel self-confident, right? You might be confident in your basketball skill or confident in your ability as a basketball player because of all the practice you put into it. But self-confidence is just believing in yourself and that if you've never tried this sport or this school subject, or you've never been in this social situation, you're going to a new school, or you're trying a new activity after school, you're confident in yourself that you'll figure it out and believing in yourself. So how do we even get that? We talk about that on that fifth week. Another thing I do a little bit more with adults and kids is borrowing confidence, but sometimes with kids, those kids don't need it as much as us adults. <laughs> we think we're so confident, but we're really not. You know, if something we do every day, like we get up in the morning, we tie our shoes. I talk to the kids about this and they laugh. Like, of course, I'm confident in tying my shoes, Miss Lauren. Like, okay, what about pouring a glass of water? They laugh. It's like, okay, what about picking out your uniform? Because these kids wear uniforms in Catholic school and they laugh. Okay, but how about in learning Spanish next year? How about in making a new friend when you leave eighth grade and go to high school? How about figuring out that new sport? You know, you've never tried lacrosse. You want to try lacrosse. And they're like, well, no, you know, that's harder. It's like, says who? Well, you just haven't done it as much, right? For some people, lacrosse or meeting people or 
learning a new skill or sport isn't, you know, doesn't give them any anxiety is they're confident in it. They're self-confident, right? And we can borrow confidence from the other things like, hey, I learned how to do this. I'm really good at this subject. I'm going to borrow that confidence. And that's an easier thing again for kids to grasp than adults. In the sixth week, we talked about forgiveness, um, which <laughs> I think I don't have to tell you guys, uh, adults can use that one too. So self-forgiveness is, as we know, just as important as forgiving others. And from a Catholic perspective, it was great because we were able to talk about what's forgiveness versus reconciliation. What is forgiveness? Is it forgetting? No. Um, does forgiveness take one person or two? Just one. Reconciliation takes two. Do you need to reconcile? No. Can you control the other person? No. Can you always forgive? Yes. Could you control yourself? Yes. It was just so neat to be able to look in the Bible. Um, you know, Peter asked Jesus about how many times you should forgive. Seven times. 77 times. This one kid, I can't believe it. He did the math in his head. And I know that because they're very strict about no devices and they didn't have paper or pencil. And he got the number right. And I said, I can't wait to tell this to every class I go to from now on that I took out my phone because I had no idea what the number was. I think it's 592. Amazing. So really great. These kids were engaged, obviously, and paying attention. So just why do we need to forgive? And then we talk about how it just helps our mental health. You know, these researchers at Johns Hopkins even proved that it can repute reap huge rewards for your health that lowers the risk of heart attack, improves cholesterol levels, sleep, reduces pain, blood pressure, levels of anxiety, depression, stress. So it's good for our mental health. It's good for our emotional health, our physical well-being. Okay. And so they understood the Bible part. They were surprised to learn about you know, the medical part. And then they remembered the story of the unforgiving servant. You know, he was forgiven by his master and then he went and didn't forgive the next person. So we just talked about that. We were able to pray together. I was able to lead them through a prayer. Who do you need to forgive? Is it yourself? Is it someone else? A family member? A friend? How did they hurt you? Let's be honest about it. Let's let it go. We also did self-care and self-worth. And those are really related. Um, we think like self-confidence has all that in it, but not necessarily. So again, confidence in your skill, confidence in yourself, two different things. But then we move on to why even be confident? Well, because as Catholics, we believe God made us. God made us all worthy and all valuable, and we're all of equal value, equal worth, and nothing we can do will make us more or less valuable. Okay, so if we have worth, inherent worth and dignity, then shouldn't we care for ourselves? And we talked about how the Bible says that you should love your neighbor as yourself, not more than yourself, not less than yourself. But if you're going to sacrifice for someone, work hard for someone, give your all to someone, then won't you do that to yourself? And then we just talked about some basic practical self-care tips like hygiene, going to grab enough of in middle school, <laughs> and drinking water, <laughs> just these simple things, sleeping, and what helps them, you know, on a bad day to get out of a bad mood, to calm down, to, to rejuvenate, to de-stress. They talked about listening to music and praying and breathing, and so it was really great. Um, and so... Those are just some of the things we talked about um, that got us through the nine weeks. And I also had a review day um, on top of those topics that I mentioned, just to make sure they remembered the feelings, the fight or flight, processing the emotions, the cognitive triangle, um, 
how we can regulate in 90 seconds, teaching them that norepinephrine just takes 90 seconds as a chemical and acting as a hormone to flush through our body. So we can really get out of that stress response. We don't have to um, indulge in it. We don't have to engage in that emotion. We don't have to feel it all day and hold on to it. And they really remembered all these things and they kept uh, responding and repeating in the review to their self-worth questions and self-care and negative thinking and forgiveness. And we had a lot of fun. So that's what I did in those nine weeks. Um, would love to do again for your school, if you're a teacher or a parent. Would love to do for your individual child. I've had a few um, elementary school kids and middle school, high school age sign up for one-on-ones. And I still have um, my fun presentation slides, my fun activities, um, interactive things that I can do with them, even through Zoom. You know, I can give them fun exercises to do on their own or even, you know, in their house while they're on the Zoom, um, teaching them how to breathe, teaching them how to use the stress balls, teaching them some body movements for mindset management, stress management. And if you're a person of faith, you know, praying with them, doing the forgiveness prayer, um, and of course, writing, you know, writing out, journaling, feelings, thoughts, writing out the triangle. We're also going to be writing out um, prayers and Bible verses about forgiveness, about self-worth, and even writing down a self-care plan. You know, what can they do better to take care of themselves, practical ways they can um, practice self-care. So... I don't need to do a whole 12 weeks with a child. I think it can sound like a lot <laughs> when you're young. And so I've offered six weeks to people um, just so that it's not so, um, doesn't sound so overwhelming amount of time. But yeah, I'm here for Zoom. So you can live anywhere. Again, if you're in Northeast Ohio, we could try to meet up in person. Um, and I love to do talks to groups. Um, I had... 125 kids in this last group. So um, I've also talked to small groups of five, 10 women in book clubs and prayer groups. So I'm open to small groups, large groups. Um, yeah. And I have availability. I know a lot of, you know, um, pregnant and our baby girl is due August 27th. So it is June 1st and now is the time I am used to doing things pregnant because you know, it's my ninth child, uh, seventh pregnancy. So I'm used to being pregnant. So I don't mind working when I'm pregnant. It's a little bit harder postpartum. So if you can catch me in June or July, I would suggest it or even the beginning of August. Um, for those of you in schools, um, I wouldn't be able to come in September, but October, November, I'd be good to go. Um, and so yeah, please reach out. Um, this summer is a great time to get your small group of kids together or your individual child together and reach out to Life Coach Mama. So you can, as always, email me, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, at lifecoachmama.com or go to my website, lifecoachmama.com. That's lifecoachmama.com. And you can set up a 60 minutes free consultation. So we'll talk for 60 minutes to see if I'm a good fit. For you as a client, if whether you want to do one-on-one -on -one as an adult or you want one-on-one -on -one for your child or your teen, we'll talk all about your situation or your child's situation to see if Life Coach Mama is a good fit, fit for you. And just want to encourage you to check out Mindset Coaching for Kids 
or coaching for yourself or any woman you know. And God bless you. And I look forward to our next episode together. Bye now.